0: Jake Mansell at HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sights within the Tetra line for 2022. So, new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick you can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three-eighths, an inch and five-eighths, an inch and three-quarters, and then also our four-pin housing, which is an inch and three-quarters. We also offer a 10,000th pin and a thousandths pin for both single-pin and four-pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your tetra bow sight you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that you'll just loosen those and slide it up and down another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light this is an added on accessory but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line, both sides, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All H.E.J. products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com.
1: Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, Okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens
2: Right, folks thank you for tuning into another episode of bucks of america podcast i am your host jeff Fance. now tonight i got a very special guest he's a mutual friend of mine from Sodak horizon ben klausman which everybody is aware of his social bringing but i got to meet him i got to meet trent a few weeks ago in august when i went out for a family gathering and it was unbeknownst to me that i didn't know i was going to meet a friend and I went out there just strictly to hang out with Ben and, and hang out with his wife and his kids and little Reed and such. And which everybody's seen on my social media that uh, I had taking pictures with all these guys. And it was just a, a great Friday night and we all got out there. We shot our bows and had a blast, but Trent reached out to me last week and he pr- proposed a really good idea about bringing uh, uh, on somebody that's new to the archery world, new to hunting hunting and providing a fresh perspective. Cause those who listen to this podcast frequently, I have a lot of tenured guests that shoot multiple big bucks or has been hunting for several years, or if not decades of experience. Now with Trent here, I am going to basically shut up and I'm going to allow Trent here to talk about himself and like, what was some of his early inspirations? Like what got you out into the, the outdoors in your early years?
3: All right. Well, Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for, you know, just being a good friend on, on social media. Um, so basically, my name is Trent. Uh, I grew up here in South Dakota. Uh, I grew up on a farm just south of Sioux Falls here. Um, been born and raised here my whole life and uh, really enjoy it. Um, basically, even from a very young age, I've always been an outdoorsy person. Uh, my mom <laughs> frequently had to pull me inside because I wanted to stay outside all day you know checking on the cows and playing outside and doing all that fun stuff so I've always been an outdoorsy person um I did a little bit of hunting when I was in high school Um, mostly it was a little bit of waterfowl a little bit of goose hunting mostly pheasant hunting um if you don't know South Dakota is a pheasant capital of the world or so we claim um (laughs) Um, so yeah, my, my dad has some 40 acres of CRP and I hunted that quite a bit when I was in high school and got a couple birds out there. Um, I, you know, after I graduated high school, um, I went to college and kind of became more of a city person, um, just by, you know, circumstances and whatnot. Um, and I kind of got away from hunting. Um, and, uh, recently within the last year and a half to two years i kind of felt that itch of like you know being in the city is nice it's convenient it's you know there's fast food there's internet there's heating and stuff but at the same time there's kind of just like this itch in me it's like you know you haven't really gone outside much um and uh basically to make a long story short um I've been dealing with depression my whole life. And um, a couple of years back, I had a suicide attempt, which thankfully did not come into fruition here. Um, so because of that, I have just a little bit of a natural aversion to guns. Um, I have no problem with people shooting guns. I have no problem with people owning guns. They're just not for me. And so I'm like, how can I be outside and do the things that I want to do without this gun, without guns. And naturally archery came into mind. Um, One of my best friends in the whole wide world, we've known each other since we were kids. um, Ben Kluzman from Soda Horizon, represent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, No, Ben Kluzman, he's been big into archery since, you know, we were in high school and, and that sort of stuff. And so um, what happened is, is about two ish years ago, I got a bow. Um, it was a, it was a really cheap. It was a PSE. I couldn't tell you the brand of it or the name of it. It was a really cheap, like just PSE. It it, it was not a good bow for me. Um, you know, I am <laughs> okay. I am 6'3",
2: 200 and pounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know, we I think I, all three of us are that, that right. Ball, you know, like park.
3: we're we're we're. we're, we're We're big guys here. Right. And I had this little, you know, bow that's about this big, you know, and I was it was okay, you know, yada, yada, yada. And um, long story short, I left my bow in my car and the morning that we had to put our dog down, which was very sudden and unfortunate, my car got stolen. My car had my bow in it. So that bow was gone. So I made an insurance claim against it and I got a new bow um, about a year and a half ago. And it's the bow that I currently have right now. Um, It is a Matthews Mission Switch. So again, not like the biggest, fanciest bow and not all the bells and whistles, but it's mine and it's what I could afford at the time. Um, And the difference from that little piece of crap PSE that I had to my switch that I have now was absolutely night and day um, one thing I vaguely remember from the PSC that I had was a draw cycle I just didn't like it whereas the Matthews that I have now is a very smooth I can pull through it and it, it could just be that you know I have shot my Matthews a lot more than I ever shot my PSE but you know my Matthews fits me a lot better to what I like um, and you know I kind of got into it a little bit you know I'd go out to the range once or twice a month maybe if that I'm like oh wow it's blowing three degrees from the east well that's too windy I'm not gonna go out today you know I just didn't quite feel like it I I wasn't really committed with it and it wasn't until Ben um, actually invited me out to a archery shoot out in uh canton south dakota which is about 20 minutes away from me here okay um it was just a little outdoor 3d shoot you know they had like you know all you have to shoot through brushes and you have to get on your knees and shoot and you have to aim and you know you have to understand south dakota is a very very flat land we don't have hills we don't have mountains especially on the east side of the river. Um. So for me, shooting even with a little bit of elevation was like, oh my gosh, this is so difficult. How do people do this? <laughs> um, but it was really that 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 first 3D shoot that I had that I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. You know, like this is like, oh, I'm actually having a good time and enjoying myself. And from that point on, I was out at the range, even just shooting at bags four to five times a week. <laughs> you know, I went nice. from going like maybe once a month to like multiple times a week, you know? So I'm like, you know, I really started enjoying myself doing it. Um, So, you know, I, I, I had to practice a lot. And so what I did is, you know, I started at a very weak poundage. I think I was only shooting like 45 pounds and I was going, maybe 30 yards. If I was feeling frisky, I'd go up to a 40-yard shot and miss okay. the bag entirely. You know, like I um <laughs> what I did is I just got a a round bill at my parents' place and set it next to the side of the shed and I'm like, okay, we're going to try to side in. So I made like a little circle of spray paint about the size of a dinner plate, so you know, the the old adage that I always heard was, you know, if you can hit a deer about the size of a dinner plate, that's pretty much a kill shot. So that's what I did. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And this year, I finally felt confident enough to where if I am going after a deer, I'm going to be able to shoot it and I'm going to be able to harvest it. Okay. Because um, one big thing to me is, and and I, I've said this to Ben and to all my friends multiple times is ethical hunters I truly believe are animal lovers we do not want to see animals suffer um correct and that's you know that's one of the big things I was like that that made me really apprehensive about deer hunting for the first time it's like am I gonna be able to shoot this animal and not have it suffer um because like i said i grew up on a farm i've seen animals suffer and it it is awful i absolutely hate it um and um i guess while we're kind of going through my origin story i guess um,
2: <laughs> go for it
3: yeah um basically what happened is um it was out in the middle of summer um one day and what happened was is i was out of my parents place um he's not here anymore, but my dog Rowan, um, he's a little beagle. He loves to, um, run up and down the gravel road and I chase him on the side with the four wheeler. Cause he can run a lot faster than I am. I am not a cardio guy fully admit to that. I am not <laughs> a cardio guy. If I ever want to go like elk hunting, I have to like train for the next six years. So, uh, I'll get on that tomorrow. Um, <laughs> um but what had happened is, um, about three quarters of a mile down the road from my parents' place, there's a cemetery. And um, when I went there, um, there were a bunch of rabbits in the cemetery. And I'm like, I I went back and I'm like, Hey dad, do you think people would mind if I went and got taken care of those rabbits? And he's like, no, please do. They want us to take care of those rabbits because they eat, you know, the grass and the flowers and the decorations and stuff. And, you know, You're doing it with a bow. You're not doing it with a gun. So it's respectable in in that aspect here. Um, And so I'm like, okay, cool, bet. So I went out there. And of course, by the time I get back out there with my bow, all the rabbits are gone. I'm like, dang, rabbit. You know, like, of course they are. Like, why didn't I bring it the first? Anyway. Anyway, so I'm riding back on the four-wheeler. I'm coming back home. And my dad has my dog- you know, just, he just has him by the collar. Cause you know, he didn't want him running off or whatever. And I'm pulling in the driveway and I look off to my left, 40 yards away. There's a rabbit. Okay. I'm like, sweet. I got this. Um, and it was actually super lucky. And honestly, an act of God that I had this happen because I think like three weeks before um, Ben and I, we went out turkey hunting. So we set up in a blind because I I had only ever had field points at this point. I had never shot a broadhead before. Okay. And Ben and I went turkey hunting. He's like, here, throw this broadhead on, and we'll get a turkey with it. Um, I think it was like a oh, it's a it's a mechanical broadhead. I think it's like a Thrive. I think. Yeah. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you the brand. I, I'm still, I, like I said, I'm new to archery. I'm still learning all the brand names. I'm still learning all the, the ins and outs here. I know it was a mechanical broadhead. And so I'm standing on the four-wheeler. I have a range finder, grab it out of my pocket, range it. It's like 40 yards away from me. I'm like, it's a little bit far away for a rabbit for the first time hunting or whatever. Okay. So I quietly just turn off the four-wheeler and I sneak up, sneak up, sneak up. And I get to about 33 yards away. I'm like, he's about to bust. So I draw back and I shot and I got him right down the middle. Just, he went maybe five yards before he just was dead. And I'm like, oh my God, I am the greatest hunter on the face of the (laughs) earth. You know, like, I'm just like. I am like over the moon. I am, my dad's like hooping and hot. He is super excited for me because this is the first time I've ever killed anything with my bow. I'm like, okay, sweet. This is awesome. So, you know, we take the rabbit up to the house and we get a couple pictures with it, with the bow and the arrow and the thing and whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my dad or whatever. And all of a sudden, I look off to my left again. About 150 yards away, there's another rabbit. I'm like, dad, hold the dog. I got to go. And so I sneak up and This one, I'm not super proud of because I, I got within 20 yards of the rabbit and he moved and I hit him square in the back leg. Like I saw him jump and I just saw his back leg just do like this in the air. Okay. But like, I, I had a good shot on him. I'm pretty sure I broke like his hip or something. Um, He didn't make it too far. And then I, I eventually ended up putting one, um, you know, just in his neck with a field point just to finish him off. And, and he was done so, but yeah, the very first time I went out hunting with my bow, I got two rabbit kills. So, you know, I, I'll gladly take it, and I, I can't quite describe the feeling other than, like, I just felt excited from my head down to my toes. Like, I was just, like, giddy. I was smiling. It was just the coolest experience. I'm like, you know, this is something I want to do. You know, if my thinking is, If I can hit a rabbit at 30 yards away, that's smaller than the kill zone of a deer, I got this. And that's what really gave me the confidence boost to actually go after deer. Um, I don't come from a hunting family. Um, My grandpa hunted somewhat when he was still alive and farming, but it was mostly, he had a gun on the side of this, he had a 22 on the side of the, the tractor and he had a shotgun in the combine. So if any birds came out of the combine, he would shoot them and he'd throw them to grandma and grandma would clean them. Well, Mm -hmm. um, both my, my grandpa passed away on Christmas day last year. So he didn't get to see me, um, deer hunt, unfortunately. Um, but you know, that is the most experience and exposure that I had to hunting besides Ben. Um, so basically I'm doing all this from square one, trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing, you know? Um, you know, so it's, it's, and, and I'll say this. And, and I, I talked to you before we started the show here, but you know, I cannot thank Ben from Sodec Horizon enough. He's a super, super nice guy, super willing to answer any of my dumb questions. Um, and just really willing to help me out. Cause you know, when you're, when you're starting out hunting, there's a lot of expense that's involved with it. You know, you have the bow, you have the arrows, you have the, the, you know, I fletch my own arrows and I cut my own arrows. So like, you know, there's all that expense. There's, you know, blinds, there's tree stands, there's decoys, there's calls, there's all this stuff. And if it wasn't for Ben lending out some of his equipment to me, I couldn't do what I like to do. Um, so, Ben, if you're listening, massive shout out. I love you, dude. You are fantastic. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I, that was about in May of this year. Um, And then we, my family and I, we went on a family vacation out to the Black Hills in June. And it was the last day that we were out in the Black Hills. And I get a message from Ben. It's like, hey, i know this is super last minute but uh do you want to go out to mountain archery fest with me i'm like what the heck is mountain archery i i mean archery cool but like what isn't it's like oh yeah it's like a big like 3d shoot like the one we did in canton previously but it's on a side of a mountain i'm like okay yeah bet sure whatever i'm down (laughs) not knowing what the hell i was getting into um let me tell you it was an experience um and I'm very glad I did it, but holy moly, I was not ready for it. Because, um, <laughs> um, you know, like I said, East River, South Dakota is a very, very flat land. Um, like, the tallest point in South Dakota on the east side of the river is a four story building. We do not have, we don't have height here. It's no, all flat. Yeah. It is, you've been here It's all
2: flat. I know. Yeah. I used to have family. I used to have family that lived in Sioux Falls. I have family that still lives in Sioux Falls, but I also had family that lived in Elkton too, just 40 miles away.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it is flat here. (laughs) There is is. nothing here. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. No big deal. And so this was in Shell, Wyoming. And, you know, I got off work, I want to say about like two o'clock in the afternoon and Ben and I had like a 12 hour drive. And so we get to the campsite at one o'clock in the morning and we get up at like six ish. Cause we wanted to hit the course right away. And I tell you, that was some of the most fun I have had in years. Um, being up in the mountains, beautiful scenery, um, getting to see elk and moose from a safe distance in the car, mind you, but like up close, you know what I mean? I get it. Um, You know, cause um, look, I may not be a smart guy, but moose and like moose, especially they are scary creatures, especially if they're running towards you and they're scared. You know, they are, they can be very scary animals. You know, like I said, I've, I've lived on a cow farm the first 18 years of my life, you know, you learn to deal with a great respect of animals that are way 1200, 1500 pounds, especially when they come running at you, you know? So it was, it was really cool to see that. And it was, it was really interesting to see what challenges there were. Um, Cause there were a lot of very technical shots um, at Mountain Archery Fest. Um, I'm trying to remember what course that we did. I can't remember what course we did, but it was either the hardest or the second hardest one that, um, Mountain Archery Fest had to offer. Um, and we thought, oh yeah, this is one of the easiest ones. We'll warm up with this. It's not a big deal. Cool beans. And it ended up being one of the hardest ones, but it was intimidating as a first time archer because, you know, I'm not used to having to deal with elevation. I'm not used to shooting through branches and, you know, making difficult shots where if you miss, you're going to pack out a tree instead of a deer, you know, um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're going to
3: be, you're going to be eating bark soup for supper that night, you know? Um And so it was a lot of fun and it was really, really challenging. And I'm glad I brought like, I think like 20 arrows. Cause I think I came home with like five. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, look, if you're going to Mountain Archery Fest, one, please do. It is a lot of fun. It's a great organization. Um, and it supports a lot of good causes. And two, if you're going to go bring a lot of arrows, cause it is challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um have you gone to mountain archery fest before jeff i don't know if you have or not
2: i have not you and ben are the first ones have told me about it i did a similar experience in july with uh beast archery games okay they're they're king of the hill 3d and that was a challenge because the average shot was 60 yards and it was uphill downhill uneven tear uh, uneven terrain stitching in between trees and branches and all that fun stuff and Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was it's like I left with six arrows, came back with one, and I still completed a scramble at night and still brought <laughs> home that arrow. So yeah. I I, oh, yeah. I I shoot Carbon Express SDs and those those sons of a guns are expensive if you buy oh, yeah. them a full price. But I won them at an auction for HJ USA. And so I had those all cut up, cut up and stuff like that, and did that. And I was like, I'm glad I brought six arrows because I only came home with one. Right. It was just it oh, was man. It's insane, dude. It's it's a, oh, yeah. it's a it's a fun thing though, but like when you're going through the ter- the terrain, it's not it's not easy. Like the first yeah. we did the, there's three courses on it. We did the we did the Savannah course where you start off at uh zero elevation, you make your way up to like 3,000 elevation, but you have to climb up a creek bed and then those shots mm-hmm. are ranging between 20, 20 to 40 yards uphill. And then you get out of that. Then you do the back half, which ranged from 50 to 80 yards. And that's where I had the most fun. I think that was my, my favorite course of them all. And I trained for it, too. And I did the exact same thing, Ben did you. I brought my buddy, uh, Jeremy Fish, from the Toxin app and Badger State Outdoors there in uh, Eau Claire. And I told him, just bring boots. Did not tell him what he was going to get into. <laughs> One of the courses starts off at, at ground zero and you have to make you have to march your way up to 5000 elevation and some of your shots are 50 plus yards uphill and you have to also know the 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 arc of your arrow and and if you if your range finder only goes line of sight you're going to be hating life because it, if you had the higher the more expensive it actually incorporates to angles and stuff like that so right, it's right, a little bit more right. tuned in and, yeah, he shoots those big old uh, FM-23s, like massive... Uh, right, uh, right. ...where a, a dozen of them will cost you 250 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eee. That's And and, and keep in mind, that is without fletchings, a knock, or a... Uh, yep. Uh, what's I'm looking for? Inserts? No, not, ins- not just the inserts. Uh, well, you pro- I, I'm probably sure they don't come with inserts either, but also... Uh, your uh, field points too. So Mm -hmm. all in all, it could be – it's a very expensive – that's what a lot of people use for 3D archery and stuff because Mm -hmm. it's so – the diameter is so massive that helps you break those lines of tens and twelves and all that fun stuff. And it's almost right. a form of cheating, to be honest with you, but it's, it's right. They make it's, it. It's not, it's, it's all part of the it's game, part it's like, of it, but there are guys out there that take it to the next level where they're paying, they're competing for thousands of dollars. So it's like, you're going to need every advantage. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like everything Absolutely. between you and the, 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 uh, your pen is all mental game. And then everything else is like trying to get it out there and being consistent, and accurate. So yeah. yeah. Now with Mount Archer Fest, do you have a lot of uh, ups and downs and hills and stuff like that yes, when it comes through?
3: Absolutely. It? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. the The main course that that we shot, the the really difficult course that we shot the first day, um, you took a ski lift up to the top of the mountain and you hiked your way down. Okay. So it was mostly downhill shots, but there are some. There are some, you know, you come down the trail and you shoot back, not at people, like not at the trail, you just walk, but like you do shoot uphill. Um, I think I missed a baby bison that was like a 20 yard uphill, like straight uphill shot that I'm not used to. So I like way overshot it. Like it just went clear out into no man's land. Um so it's 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 a lot more downhill shots um but there are still quite a bit of elevation changes and like places where like you have to get on your knees to like squeeze in between the trees and and stuff and and that sort of stuff um the pope and young course which is the course we shot the second day that we were there um that's a more um and and that's one cool thing about mountain archery fest too that i'll um basically the Pope and young course, you know, the same people that do the scoring system, they sponsor a course at mountain archery fest and their course is handicap accessible.
2: Oh, Um, all right.
3: And so they have a, you know, like an all-terrain wheelchair. So, you know, if somebody has, you know, mobility issues, they can still go out and shoot um, which I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Like I am all about, you know, getting people out in the woods and getting out there and, and, and growing the sport. Um, so yeah. Um, that one is more of like a, it's a gradual Hill up and a gradual Hill down. So it's, it's not as intense and it's, it's meant for like families and kids and people with, um, who need that wheelchair access. Um, so there's there's four co- courses at Mountain Archery Fest that we were at in Shell, Wyoming. Um, we only did two of them because um, the very first day we kind of the very first day kind of kicked our kicked our rear ends. Um, <laughs>
2: it lets you know we, how out of shape you really are. Oh, so.
3: absolutely, and how not acclimated we are to uh, elevation because <laughs> um, I <laughs> you know it's it's quite a hike down there. I think it was something like five to six thousand feet uh, up in the air and then you hike down to you know base camp or whatever. So I mean it's a good it's a good climb down um, and it was 25 targets and I think that took us like five hours to do.
2: That's um, not bad. that's pretty average for 25 targets for now how um how many people were there at the event?
3: um I wanna say
2: a couple thousand or
3: no it, it's a lot smaller than attack
2: okay um yeah no, it's, tacks it's a are ridiculously long oh, I know. it's and like that's... the course is not long it's just there's a lot of people when you're stacking them all up you're looking at six right. hours just to do 15 20 targets
3: right um and that's what's really nice about mountain archery fest is it's smaller um i think there were like three to five hundred people but that's not bad so it's pretty quick yeah it's it's pretty quick so i mean realistically what you do is you sign up and you say, okay, I want to do the Pope and young course today. And you get done with the Pope and young course. And like, okay, I can go shoot another one. Can I go shoot another one? Yeah, go for it. There is no, I mean, there's a little bit of waiting for, for groups. Like, you know, and some people like, there was one group that was just a lot faster than us. Cause Ben and I, and the, and, um, Brian from state raps, um, who's also a super great guy. Um, if you want wraps, hit him up on Instagram. He's a really cool dude. Um, makes really good. I actually think I have one here somewhere. Oh, darn it. Oh, here it is. Um, cause what I do is I run a hot pink wrap. Oh my gosh. You can't even see it. There I run it is a hot pink wrap. And then, um, a hot pink knock vein and then two green, uh, veins for my, for my arrows makes it super easy to find arrows really cool and they look really awesome um shout out brian if you're listening by the way really cool guy um we were out there to help film for our mountain archery fest because they're doing a collaboration with carbon tv i believe um so they wanted to get footage so ben brought out his camera and was filming everything um there's actually a really cool shot Um, from my perspective, because, um, I was shooting at like a 50 yard sheep or something. Okay. And one of my veins broke off, uh, mid flight. So you just see, like, you see it started spiral and then you see it like going like all kitty wampus and everything. It's, it looks really cool in slow-mo. Um, I think it's up on his YouTube channel. If you look up Ben's YouTube channel. Um, but no, we were out there to, um, basically film a lot for mountain archery fest because they're doing this series with carbon TV. Um, so, you know, we were just taking our time. We were having a good time and, you know, just enjoying the course and we weren't scoring or anything just because um i think brian forgot his arrows at home in colorado
2: oh and, shit right
3: and so he's like hobgoblins like hey can i borrow an arrow or two from you like oh yeah sure man whatever no big deal um <laughs> um so i mean that's i mean it's just really cool um and a really tight-knit community out there um and and, and i have to give out a huge shout out to the people at mountain archery fest um because you know, like I said, this is my first year doing this. And there's people that have been hunting and shooting archery for decades that have more experience than me. You know, yeah. they have better equipment than me. You know, okay. my, 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 I have a Matthew's mission switch. It's like a six to $700 bow not super expensive i think it's like a mm. it's
2: even cheaper than that it's like i looked at the msrp because i wanted to find out more about mission it's like like, like 550 it's fairly, yeah it's I mean, a fa- 450 it's a fairly yeah. and then you have the mxr or something like that's the next one up but it's yeah. it's a good solid bow and it's right allows you to hunt legally so that's all that matters i mean i've seen right, right. You, and- you don't need an rx-5 or an rx-7 to go out there and shoot i mean i was shooting with uh i shot with uh, uh when was we that uh I do the HHA shoots. There's out there, there's guys using 20 year old bows out there because that's Mm -hmm. their tried and true. And they felt no reason to buy one, a new one. Oh, yeah. They just replaced this thing. So, absolutely. Don't ever compare your equipment because it's like I used to, like, when I used to play pump or when I used to play paintball, I used to play with pump guns. And that's a single shot every time you got to reload. And I would destroy people because I had the the technique to be able to perform it. Now I just right. primarily focus on archer. I still have them on my paintball guns, though. Uh, there you go. I don't think I'll never get rid of them because it's like I if, if five guys want to go out and play, we can be able to put together a team. It's just they have to write oh, some equipment. So
3: what you're saying is, is when I come up to Wisconsin for the shoot, we're going to go play some paintball afterwards. I see what <sighs> you're saying. I see it's, what
2: you're if we have time, because typically oh, when we go to his HJ I shoots, know. like if we go if we go a Saturday shoot, man, we're typically there from like seven, eight o'clock in the morning till I don't know, about six about eight or nine o'clock at night. So there's no we're doing that yeah, unless no, just... unless we dedicate Sunday to doing that too as well. Cause then then you have to drive home on Monday.
3: Right, right. I'm just yanking your chain. I'm just yanking your chain. Um, but that's one thing that I have to give a large shout out to the Mountain Archery Fest community is you know i i was very intimidated because i'm new to archery i have cheaper ish stuff just because it's what i could afford at the time and you know i was thinking like i'm gonna be embarrassed i'm gonna be showing up people are gonna make fun of me and stuff and people were just very cool like yeah dude that's awesome you're getting into it yeah you know stick with this bow for a couple years until you can afford something nicer if you want or if you want to keep it keep it yeah yeah um and and That's one thing that really helped me, too, is the Mountain Archery Fest community was very welcoming um, and very non-judgmental about what I have. Um, They're just like, yeah, dude, that's awesome that you're out here. You're trying something new for the very first time. And, you know, yeah, you're going to lose some arrows and you're going to make a fool of yourself sometimes. But you're getting out there and you're having a good time. And that's the most important thing. Amen. You know and that's that's why i gotta have a huge shout out to the mountain archery fest community super nice people out there super non-judgmental and just a very good time um and um when ben and i were going out to mountain archery fest yeah you know i am asking him all sorts of newbie questions right i'm talking like you know What's it, like you know why would you go with the four flush vein versus a three flush vein? What is FOC mechanical versus fixed broadheads? You know like all these questions that yeah, if I really wanted to, I probably could have googled it. But like it's nice hearing it from from someone who's had years of experience and can explain it to you and and easily digest it here, Um and so that really kind of kicked off my the bug that i got for mountain archery fest is, is that's okay. I, not mountain archery fest uh, the bug for archery okay and like yeah sorry it's it's been a long day at work today so you'll have to forgive me if i screw up my words here um so yeah um basically since then um since mountain archery fest i was like okay mountain archery fest really kicked my butt but it also kind of gave me some good perspective of what i need to work on but at the same time i also did pretty good at mountain archery fest for my first year of being an archer okay you know like yeah i lost a bunch of arrows and yeah i broke some arrows
2: it's all a part of fun those are oh, memories
3: oh yeah absolutely um I can still tell you where I absolutely sailed one on a bear on a tree. I can tell you where I absolutely sailed it. There's no way I'm going to find it, but I can tell you where I shot at it. Um, but, you know, it gave me that confidence of, you know, if I can do this out in the mountains, out of my element, out of my comfort zone, I can go deer hunting this year. And I can ethically harvest an animal.
2: True. Um, Very valid.
3: You know, and and that to me is what gave me a really big confidence boost. Um You know, there was a couple more, like, you know, closer 3D shoots that, you know, they're mostly just fun shoots. Um, and you know, like it's a lot of, a lot of the shoots around here are like, oh, you're shooting downhill into a creek. You move to the next target. Oh, you're shooting downhill into a creek. Oh, you're shooting downhill into a creek. There's a lot of that around here just because that's all the elevation practice that you can really get around here. Um, So it's just, you know, building up the confidence with that and, you know, going out there and practicing. And so I was talking with my dad and I'm like, hey, hey, dad, do we have any land that we've seen a lot of deer at? And he goes, well, um, there is one place that he rents, that he farms at. It's a cornfield this year. Um, And basically what it is, is I think it's, it's not a full quarter it's a little bit less than a quarter. It's probably 65, 60 acres somewhere in there of oh, just corn.
2: corn or food or it's for uh, habitat. okay.
3: It's just straight corn. And there's a cup there's a there's a patch of volunteer trees right at the edge of the property that you know they just can't get at. It's not good to get at. but there was a fence around there and when they took down the fence three or four years ago, they scared up about a dozen deer. I'm like, sold, I'm done, I'm out there. Um, so I started putting out game trail cameras. And, um, you know, just, you know, going on Facebook Marketplace, getting, you know, the $45 game trail cameras, the whatever, however many megapixels. I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you what name, I couldn't even tell you what brand they are. Um, but they got the job done. And the first couple of weeks, I got nothing. And I'm like, really? I I'm practicing, I'm getting all this in here and seeing nothing. Okay. This is ridiculous. And so, you know, cause and, and that's one thing that I have to work on too is I am very impatient when it comes to game show cameras. <laughs> I am super impatient when it comes to game show cameras here, um, Jeff. It's it's bad. Like I I will set it up one day. I'm like, I'm gonna go check and see if I sell anything overnight. i have to restrain myself and you know i always give myself at least a week you know i'll go in there once a week to check the cameras i'll try to stretch it out to two but most likely i'm there like if i'm there at noon on a saturday i am there at noon the next saturday ready to check the game trail cameras like i am giving myself a week for these to soak and to sit and to collect data and stuff and um there's there's two properties that I have permission for. Um, one property I saw one doe one time, but I mean it's such a it's such an open field that you would have to you, there's no way you could cover it with cameras. There's absolutely no way there's you could cover it with cameras. And the second property, the one that I've actually been hunting. I put up two cameras there and I ended up seeing a doe on camera for the first time. Like, okay, we have ourselves a little bit of hope. We're, we're, we're we're okay here. Um, and, um, as the season gets closer and gets closer, um, in South Dakota archery season opens up the 1st of September uh, and it runs through sometime in January. I'd have to look up when the actual end date is, um, i like, you know what? It's my first year deer hunting. First time I'm ever going to be sitting. I know I'm not going to see anything, but I have to go out there just to say that I've done it for the first year. I went out there after work, you know, and got to sit out there. Um, so a couple weeks before the season hit, you know, Ben and I, we went out there, we set up the blind, um, because tree stands are expensive and there's not a really good place to put up a tree stand where I'm at. Um, so, you know, we we set up the blind. We got the lawn chair in there. We got it all, you know, we broke off a couple branches and stuffed it with some grass so it doesn't look like just a big block. It looks like a tree falling down kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we try to, you know, blend it in somewhat to the background there. And um, I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I had checked the cameras b- the week before the, the first set. I checked the cameras the week before. I hadn't seen anything out there. Hadn't seen hadn't seen a darn thing.
2: There's too much corn. They're betting oh, down oh. that corn they're eating. Oh, absolutely they are. Absolutely. Unless unless you were able to set yourself up next to a water or on a, on a trail that was next to water, that's the only way you're gonna be able to get good good footage.
3: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I said, this is my first year doing this. I have no idea what the hell yeah. I'm doing. Um but it's like, you know what? We're just going to go out there and sit. We're going to see what we see. We're probably not going to see anything. No big deal. So it is the 1st of September, 2022. I get off work and I head out to the stand at about 5 o'clock. And sunset is, I want to say it's a little bit before 8 o'clock. And in South Dakota, you can legal shooting hours are a half hour before sunrise and a half hour after sunset.
2: They're pretty, It's pretty standard across the nation when it comes down to it. Okay. Unless you live in like a wonky state.
3: Yeah, and I have no idea, so I'm just explaining the rules and regulations to kind of cover my own behind here. Right, that's the best um. way to cover.
2: <laughs>
3: um. And so I'm texting Ben and I'm like, you know, hey, going out to the stand today, wish me luck, hopefully I see something. He goes, yeah, buddy, sure, you got this, thinking he's not going to see anything. It is 95 degrees outside. You'd be very no surprised
2: wind. very surprised no will come out yeah
3: there's no wind it is still as can be it oh, is that's 95 good. i am sweating like there is no tomorrow <laughs> like i yeah. am not a skinny guy by any stretch of the imagination here jeff for the audio listeners at home i am not a skinny guy i was tempted to just take my shirt off and just be like heck it we're, we're we're going shirtless and bow hunting and stuff um
2: Hey, it's not Man. uncommon. There's guys out there go run oh, that take oh, off, they pretty much get practically naked. You oh, know, know. it all comes down to your scenario and what you set yourself. Up. We got, we got now, now it's like it's it's, it's beautiful outside because. Oh yeah. Come next week, the lows are going to be in the late or er, uh, latter twenties, early thirties in the mornings, and the may get warm up to sixty degrees. Like oh, I'm, I I got all next week off, so. Oh, nice. Yeah
3: nice good for you but i'm just like i am sitting out there and i am just sweating my my back yeah. off like <laughs> i'm not having a great time i'll be honest i was like this is miserable why would i put myself through this this is baloney you know more colorful language than that but you get the idea oh i
2: get it i've, I've been in your shoes like i've but i've had mm-hmm. half dozen to a dozen deer show up on 80 degree days right like, it, well, in the bluff country, if you set it up just right, you, you can, you can, I'll get movement as early as like 637 when it's, okay. when the sun is, when it's all shade. And that's, that's the upset about the bluff country. Now where you're at, I'm, I'm curious to see when that doe showed up.
3: So, um, yeah, so I'm sitting there, like I'm texting Ben, like I'm just on my phone and like Instagram yeah. and Reddit and stuff, just not really paying attention. And all of a sudden I looked up and there's a doe 35 yards away from me. i am be like, I'll be a son of a gun. And like, I am like, Oh crap, what do I do? And the way that the trail works is, um, the doe is coming in facing me and we make direct eye contact. I'm like, this is over. She saw me, something's up. She's going to blow. She's going to think this is weird. Whatever. I'm done. This is at least I saw something, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, but no, so I kind of just slowly moved my eyes and didn't make eye contact. I mean, I saw, still saw her through my peripherals, but you know, I just slowly broke my eye contact and she's like, okay. And just starts eating the grass in front of me. I'm like, okay, we can work with this. And she just kind of meanders. And I get a 17-yard shot on her. And, you know, I pull back. She's, wa- I, she's facing to the north there. So, she's facing away from me. So, she might see my peripherals or whatever. But I drew back. I remember anchoring. And I'm like, oh, crap. She's not where I thought she was. So, I'm like looking around. Oh, there she is. And I adjust my aim. I don't remember the shot at all i i was so excited and so nervous i could not tell you where i aimed my pin you know i i i i felt like it was a good shot i felt like it was a good clean release but i could not tell you where i lined up or anything i was so nervous slash excited slash scared slash everything and um yeah i i let one fly at like 803 or something. And so, you know, I I I let one fly. I'm like I let it fly and I saw her do a Muley kick. Okay. But I was like, I don't know if it was a good shot. Because I was like so nervous and so scared. Like I don't remember it. Like I almost like blacked (laughs) out. Like I don't remember I don't remember a thing. Um and So I'm like, I, so first I called Nikki, my fiance. I'm like, Hey, I just think I just shot a deer. It was a big old doe. And she's like, Oh, you know, congratulations and stuff. Um, I called Ben and he's like, okay, you're good. Just sit there. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Just sit tight. Don't get out of your blind. Perfect. And then I called my dad, um, let him know. And he's like, what do you need from me? I'm like, I don't need anything from you. I just need, I just needed to tell you. Um, and like okay sweet cool so ben if you're listening i'm sorry about this but i didn't listen to your advice entirely <laughs> i went to the impact site first okay i just went to the impact site i couldn't find the arrow and i didn't see any blood and i'm like oh crap i totally just missed her i got everybody excited for nothing you know whatever and you know 30 40 minutes later ben comes around and he has the flashlight it's like okay let's take a look here and so we look at where she was standing and there's a bit of hair on the ground i'm like okay so i must have hit her and if we look at the corn behind her oh there's a drop of blood there okay no big deal we'll just kind of leapfrog it here so i'll stand at last blood you go find next blood and then i'll move up to you and you find next blood you know just kind of leapfrogging it and she she went maybe 45 50 yards double lunged her and got her in the heart
2: got oh, her at the beautiful, top of the heart. beautiful beautiful
3: oh yeah I, honestly um i think i have i think i can look at my instagram here i think i have the the kill shot on my instagram like you could not have asked for a better better shot like it was and, and i told ben it's like oh i think she's just like a dog like she's not very big she's not very big at all and then we get to we get to her and she's like she's like 200 pounds or something I'm like okay that's all a right.
2: big doe that's oh, she's
3: she she sick yeah like she she's she thick uh I mean, she's probably like a three-year-old doe i would say you know just roughly get and you know obviously take it with a grain of salt because i'm hunting and it's my story so inflating the numbers a little bit to make myself better (laughs) i know how this goes um (laughs) um but yeah we got her we got her um we found her you know we poked her didn't move a muscle and she was she was out and oh man i couldn't tell you how excited i was it was I, I told Ben's like I want to scream, I want to cry, I want to crap myself <laughs> like I am just so excited about this. Like She's definitely
2: was... good size dough. I'm looking at it right now on your Instagram. Yeah. She's a good size dough. You did a good job.
3: Yeah. I mean um I got it with the I think the Schwacker, the Levi Morgan special. Okay. what I shot. Um Yeah, I mean it just we, you know, we so we've got her back in Ben's truck and we brought her back to his place so we could gut it real quick, gut it and quarter it. And yeah, I mean, it pierces through both lungs and the top of the heart. Um, Cause that's one thing that Ben does is he does like an autopsy when he, when he shoots a deer, even if it's just like a quick, like, you know, visual inspection and stuff. And, okay, you know, and that's one thing that I want to continue to do as well is, you know, hey, where did I shoot him? What did I hit? What can I do to make this next shot on the next deer better? Um, yeah, so I mean, that was I honestly super exciting. Um, i never seen a deer, you know, quartered or field dressed or anything before. So um, got to see that for the first time, which was super exciting. Um, and yeah, got my first doe, got a bunch of, uh of roasts out of it um got a bunch of deer sticks and summer sausage which basically almost went to all immediate immediate family um that all really wanted some so um that kind of brings me up to uh sunday the ninth, was it i think it was the ninth, right
2: yeah yeah it's the ninth. yeah
3: yeah so sunday the ninth. um I went out in the morning because I'm like, it was a, it, it wasn't a cold cold front. It was like maybe forty degrees outside, but I mean, from what we've been having, it was a pretty decent size. It's-
2: it's a, enough to put something on their feet. I know, uh, like when, when, uh, Chris Ham shot Houdini, that was on September 28th. And that wasn't that cold of a night either that morning either, but something about these, these random cold fronts. And I was, uh, I was only two hours away. I was in, I was in uh Lake Okaboji uh, well okay. up until that time. And I told Ben, it's like, I told him, it's like you should come on out here. It's like, we can have a fish for, I told him like, come on out on a Saturday. <sighs> but it's like the worst part it's, two hours one way, two hours back. So it's like, mm-hmm. a- a- it would make sense. And if you would have brought, I told him i recommended recommend and bring uh, uh, Reed with him too, because th- if they would have got through when we did, because we got off the water about four o'clock, that th- those guys, that Reed would be able, to be able to see all these guys butcher or flay up all these fish rather efficiently. I mean, we had, four, well, let's see here. Saturday, we had four guys flaying. Uh, on on Friday, we had six guys flaying fish up. And, stuff. and all of us have, Twenty years of experience playing a fish and from all different right. sizes of knives, but it's just exposing a child at at Reed's age is a, is a positive thing mm-hmm. because then he's going to be curious he's going to be asking questions and stuff like that. He, he's he's going to be pointing out because it's like we had, let's see here we had yellow bass, crappies, perch. Well, we didn't catch any. We didn't catch any. We we caught walleyes, but nothing big enough. Where it was like it was right. either outside a slot or underslot, so it's like, eh, eh right. it wasn't worth it, and we caught some pike, but it, 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 it would have shown him different species that we would have caught.
3: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I didn't actually know you were at Lake Okoboji. Um, That's pretty cool. Um, So, no, I went out uh, Sunday morning, and I'm like, you know what? It's a cold front. I went out the, the Saturday, Saturday, I can't remember if I went out Saturday morning and evening, or if I just went out in the morning. Okay. But I went out Saturday, didn't see a darn thing all day. Didn't see a darn thing all day. And I'm like, it was like 30 degrees outside, like, which yeah, again, it's not the cold; it's a cold front. But it's a random cold front. I mean, today it was in the 70s, so I mean, it's a random cold air front, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't see a darn thing. And then you know uh, Saturday, this is Saturday the eighth. You know, I did see a doe, and she walked up the same trail that the doe that I got. She walked up the same trail, meandered a little bit, and walked out her own merry way. I'm like, okay, that was pretty cool. Because um, um, what I have is I have I have three tags this year. I have a East River any deer tag, a West River any deer tag and a statewide antler list tag so with the doe that i got i filled up my antler list tag so i'm like okay cool i want to go get a buck um and one thing that's really cool about my fiance is like you know i would be satisfied with shooting does i am happy with shooting does because it puts meat on the table it gets the thrill it's really awesome but she's like no i want to have antlers to hang up on the wall i'm like ah oh, darn okay i guess i'll go get you a buck <laughs> in my arm i know right like okay you convinced me um so i really wanted to hold up for a buck um and i've been checking the cameras and there have been a couple bucks on this property that i've been hunting okay. um there's been there's like a a four by four that's out there there's a little forky that's out there there's a f- I think he's a four by four or five by five. I can't remember. Well, that's a good size. Yeah. He's a decent sized buck. Um, And there's a bunch of like smaller deer out there, like a smaller antler racks. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot the first buck that I see. Cause I don't know how much time I'm going to have to get out here. Um, Especially with the getting colder out and stuff. Um, And you know, I just want to get a buck and I want to put food on the table um, because I really want to get some, you know, deer steaks. And so um, I saw a doe on Saturday. I'm like, okay, that's cool, whatever. Um, Like, there's a doe. There's like three does and a couple fawns that are running around at this property I know. And so Sunday morning comes around, and I'm going out to the place that I'm at, and um right next to my hunting grounds there's a property that's all fenced off cuz they have like you know buffalo and they have a buffalo and they have a couple um donkeys out there okay and it's all surrounded by like there's like thick woods that are just overgrown and just need to be cleared out and so I'm going out there I'm trying to be nice and quiet and all of a sudden I hear some movement and all of a sudden I just see two does just bouncing out i'm like oh i just busted two does out here my day is going to be ruined i'm not going to see anything this is baloney
2: well this is this is this is a, a good learning moment here did they snort wheeze at you or anything like that
3: no they they didn't start so you, They just ran they just ran
2: that is a good clear indication whenever you had that happen to you don't second guess yourself like that because it's, it's it's just a learning experience because i've mm. like my dough that i shot a couple weeks ago uh she was actually walking down the trail my the the tree stand i was sitting in mm-hmm. was on and i sat down because my feet were starting to get achy and the way the weight shifted in the thing I'm popped and not even seven yards away all i hear this doe, doe go and then she shows up then she reads the script i wanted her to and uh <laughs> rest is history. But that's one thing that I've learned. Like Then last year, same property, different spot, sitting grounds blind. I had those little basket six come within seven yards of me, and he gets right in front of me, in, my, in front of my, my ghost blind. He does a complete 180 behind me because I sat in front of a tree. I sit in this big old massive uh, uh, maple tree, I believe it was, or oak tree. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back around the same way. Then all of a sudden, he like he, he sees himself it's a ghost blind, so it's like it's gonna it's got a mirror like finish on it. Sees right. himself, jumps over the fence, and he's bounded and stortweed and all. It's like, ah oh, man. Well, it's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait it all out because you never know what's gonna happen. And plus, mm. it's like I didn't want to blow my spot. All of a sudden, not even five minutes later, fifty yards away, the son of a gun comes back right out again, <laughs> and he and, and he's just walking. So it's like deer are so weird but oh, the younger they are the more curious they tend to be so it's like those mm-hmm. small little nuances that you experience don't even worry about it; just brush them off but if they snort wheeze and it's loud enough and you can hear it echo it's like oh i think i'm yeah. done and it, like i've had probably like seven out of ten experiences i've are, i've dealt that i never see a single thing there's been one time where I saw they came in from a different direction than I had normally had patterned them. So they must not have heard them hmm. or the echo okay. was they were far enough away that the echo is bouncing off the trees and the bluffs. It kind of threw them for loops. It's was like, well, it's, it's, it's not directional enough for them to figure out. So they just mm-hmm. kept on trotting right out. They came out about, I don't know, 40, 50 yards, something like that. And as like, I just sat there and watched, but they, they were too far away for where I felt ethically to shoot them. Mm-hmm. And two, they're just too small. I know there's a, there's there's a lot of does on this property, so it's like I'm mm-hmm. not too ambitious to shoot them. I'm being more when it comes on a does. I'm a lot more selective, and mm-hmm. a tall tail sign of a more mature doe is that their faces really don't grow, but their ears do, mm-hmm. and that's where you pay attention to the ears because it's like okay. you, the if you try to look at the hips and the 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 the, the, the uh, legs up front and stuff like that. You're not going to get a clear depiction unless you have binos and you're like, you're examining every square inch, but that's where you look at their ears. Their ears will tell you how old they are. Okay.
3: Well, that's good to know. And, and one thing I should also mention is that the property that I'm at, you know, I have my blind and I'm setting up facing west. Less than a half a mile behind me to the east is the interstate like one of the two main interstates that run in South Dakota. So my thinking is I'm not too picky about the deer that I want to get. I want to get deer off this property so that they don't run into the interstate.
2: Mm -hmm. You know,
3: Um, it's my sacrificial civic duty to uh, shoot deer for the state of South Dakota, I like to say. Um, So, you know, I wasn't too picky about the deer that I got. And I just like, you know, I just want something with antlers. You know if it's a little spike cool if it's a big six by six even better but you know you got to start somewhere right um and so i went out sunday morning and i got i, I busted out those two dose, and i'm thinking this is over this day's a bust whatever i'll try to come back out here in the evening not a big deal i'm like you know what i'm already out here i'm already up it's only six o'clock Let's just go out and sit for a couple hours anyway. Um, And so, like, honestly, it's about 730 when the sunrise really started shining here. And I think it was those same two dones that I busted actually came back down the lane that I had been seeing seeing them all come through. And um, I can't remember if I put it on my Instagram or not. I didn't. Um, I'll have to post that later or sometime, but, um, I got a really nice picture of a doe eight yards away from me, just staring at me without a care in the world and just, yeah, just was like, Oh, what's up guys and just <laughs> wanders down. I'm like, okay, that was really cool. Um, so it's like, you know, a couple hours pass, and it's like, you know, eight thirty or something. And I'm just thinking, you know what? They're usually the bucks that I've seen on camera. They're not out this late. They're usually like, it. They're usually out there between. There's a couple bucks that I've seen out there at like 1. 30 in the morning. There's a buck or two that I've seen at like 7. 30, 8 o'clock. Um, but beyond that, really nothing. Okay. Uh, I I haven't seen anything out there beyond nine o'clock. So I'm like, you know what? nine o'clock comes around. I'm going to turn in, I'm going to call it a morning and, you know, we're just going to call it a morning and come back in the evening. So it's like eight 45 and I am, I am like, you know, sitting back, you know, legs crossed and like, I'm just on my phone, not really paying attention. And all of a sudden I hear some rustling in the background. I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, there's a single solitary tree, 30, like 28 yards away from me okay and there's this little buck just eating leaves off the tree i'm like oh crap oh crap oh crap oh crap oh crap (laughs) you're like i just i'm looking i'm like okay it's a deer no big deal oh i see antlers now this is game time right like this is it is on like donkey kong you know um and so i'm like quietly knocking an arrow and putting up my rest and stuff and i'm like okay when's a good time to shoot when's a time good time to draw back and so i finally get an opportunity and i draw back and i didn't i didn't uh set my rest quite right because i have a little like um i don't know what you call it it's like a little like flip up rest with like a u in between i don't know what it's called again it's it's
2: it's called a drop away and and, and then you have a limb driven or string driven drop away
3: yeah. So um, basically the limb the the drop away instead of being in the actual drop away section it went to the side. So I'm like, "Oh, crap." So I'm like slowly letting it down, trying not to make noise and like jerking it like cuz it's uh, I think it it, it would be li- it would be a limb driven uh drop away. Okay. It's so like um so I get it set, I get it right and I draw back again. And I let one fly and I see him like kind of kick and scream and stuff. Like I, I saw him kick. I didn't hear him scream. I don't know why I said kick and scream, but I saw where he went. I'm like, I shot a, I shot a buck. I know he was just a little, like he was a little littler guy, but I shot a buck. I got antlers. And I'm like, I called Nikki. I'm like, I just got you antlers. It's all cool. Um, I called <laughs> up My dad, I called up Ben and um, Ben was actually feeling sick that day. And he's like, awesome dude, congratulations. Get him, load him up in the truck, and come over to my place and I'll help you and I'll help guide you to to quartering him. Okay. I'm like, cool, no big deal. I call on my dad's like, hey, dad, can you meet me at the spot here? Um, we're gonna go track him and we're gonna bring him back to the truck so we can quarter him. And he's like, Yep, I'll be there as soon as I can. And so, you know, I give him 30 minutes and I go out to the impact site. And not only did I find my arrow that I just shot at my buck, but I also found the arrow that I shot my doe with at the same time. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. No big deal. Got money back. Um, right? Money back. Let's go. Um, we can reuse that arrow. And I look and I'm like, oh crap, my arrow's broken. Um like there's no insert, there's no broadhead, there's nothing here. I'm like, oh crap, what happened here? And so I'm like, okay, let's just go check out the blood trail. I gave him like 30, 40 minutes and I checked out the blood trail. And I kind of saw where he went and stuff. And I I started tracking him. And I'm seeing like spec, 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 big splotch of blood. And then spec, 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 big splotch of blood. I'm like, what the hell? Where did I hit him? I thought I had a good lung shot on him, unless I like jerked it or something.
1: You
2: could and, have dropped your elbow because I'm seeing people where they where they come down and they drop their elbow and then they they will go up I mean, or go. I you know it Or again, you pushed it too. You could have you yeah, could push
3: it up. I could have pushed like Jeff, I like blackout when it comes to these shots, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you what it did. I I mean, I'm just so excited and like happy and stuff. Like, I just get so excited, and that's one thing I do need to work on. Um, definitely, to um, follow
2: through. It's something that I, it took me for years to to master when it came down to golf.
3: And so, you know, I'm I see you know spec spec spec, and then a big splotch of blood, and spec spec spec, and a big splotch of blood. I'm like, where the hell did I hit this guy? And I tracked him for, I'm gonna say a. I think I I tracked it on Onyx and it was about 150 yards okay. before I found him bedded down, and I look and I shot him right at the base of the neck. Interesting. Yeah, and I I my guess is is that I punched the trigger, because um, I I know I have a tendency to do that when I'm rushing, and I'm I'm if I had to guess, I think that's what I did. And, but I, I did find him, um, he was, he was down for the count already. Um, but I just drew back an arrow and I, I sunk one right in his lungs, um, to finish him off. Um, but yeah, he's a little four pointer, um, nothing too crazy, nothing too special, but
2: he's your I first mean, buck.
3: He's my first buck. And that's what I'm super proud of. And I, um, and so, you know, we, we get the buck We found him. I dragged him to, I dragged him to the truck. We got him loaded up with my dad and we ended up going to Ben's house and I ended up quartering him myself um, with the guidance of Ben. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of sit back there in bed at night and think, you know, yeah, I could have held up for a bigger buck and I should have shot him at a better, I should have had a better shot. Um, You know, that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I'm also like, you know what? The animal didn't suffer very long. We got him harvested. I sat by myself. I shot him myself. I tracked him myself. I brought him to the truck myself. And I quartered him myself. And to me, that's the biggest sense of accomplishment. Like, yeah, antlers aren't, aren't very spectacular. But that's a memory that I will have of that. I am proud of myself for doing this myself my first year as an archer
2: why so i keep My, telling you should do a european you should have done a european mount for not a european but a, a shoulder mount because it's your first deer and it's just mm-hmm. like that's that's something that's going to come with that's going to sink with you remain in mm-hmm. sync with you to the day you die
3: yeah um unfortunately shoulder mounts are a little bit too expensive for me yeah at the they're moment. a little spendy they're 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 a little spendy um now i i might try to euro mount it we'll see maybe Um, more than likely we're just going to mount the mount the antlers um, just with like the like you know like the shields placard or whatever that you get from shields i've seen those yeah um just do that sort of thing just so i have it as a memory because you know like yeah it'd be cool to have a euro mount skull but i want to save that euro mount for something more impressive like the deer that you have in your background there like that'd be something i like the personally- yeah, that's that's
2: that's my first archery buck right there that's there you why go. I. that's why i have him up there but if you if you look in that i uh, just mean just look how massive mm-hmm. that neck is and it's like he was just he was the dominant buck of the property that i was on mm-hmm. i was only hunting on a five piece five acre piece of property but a bottlenecks into a 20 acre 25 acre plot of woodland stuff like that so it's just but that's where the water is it's the easiest access point for water
3: oh okay
2: yeah believe me i i I keep an eye on zillow for his property if it goes up on sale (laughs) the reason why i don't hunt that property board is the guy retired and it's like he works second shift so the allowing me to hunt there was his way of just giving everybody the middle finger and Mm -hmm. then he is like i'm retiring so it's like don't have a problem with you hunt- didn't have a problem with you hunting but i'm retiring now at the deal with him so it's like oh man cuz it's like when they would be when they're when they're at work he's in mm-hmm. bed when they're off work when he's uh when they're off work at home he's at work so it's like it, it really ever really matter.
3: right right um but no i like i said i i shot him i tracked him you know i brought him to the truck and i i quartered him myself and that's something that Had you told me a year ago that I'd be doing, I'd have said, you're full of baloney, you know? Um, So, you know, just coming from never have, you know, really only really getting into archery the last six months or so to now shooting two deer and harvesting two deer. And now being able to quarter and field dress a deer myself is something that I feel very accomplished and I feel very proud of myself for doing that. Um, and that's why I feel a little bit angry. Like when I see like TikToks and stuff of like, uh, Oh, this is the book that you shoot based off of the bow you get. And like, if you shoot a bear, you shoot a big, you know, 10 point mature buck. And if you shoot a diamond, you're going to shoot a non-typical with like three drop tines and you shoot a Matthew, you're shooting a button buck. And like, you Uh, know what it's still it's still putting food on the table and it's your tag you fill it the way that you want it to me what i did especially this first year and this is some great advice that i got from ben is like this is your first year hunting you shoot if i were you i would shoot the very first deer that you see mm -hmm. because you know what You might get nervous and you might totally miss. But if you're sitting out there and you're holding out for a big, you know, trophy, 150 inch, you know, 200 inch buck, that might not ever come and you're going to be wasting a season. Whereas if you want to get that experience under your belt, you want to shoot a deer. And you know what? It doesn't have to be the biggest deer in the world, but you want to get that experience under your belt. And that's why I did what I did. And you know what? I'm happy and proud of the results that I have. Honestly, I really well, truly yeah. am. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I became where I am today here. Um, I, plans for the future. Um, I'm actually hoping to go out and sneak away Sunday morning. Um, trying to go out West river. Um, cause I still have one more tag I can fill. Um, I have a West river, any deer tag. Um, I don't really necessarily care if it's a muley or a whitetail. I just mostly just want to try to get a bigger buck. Um, cause now I got the first one of the belt. I'm like, okay, this is my baseline. I have a baseline here. We can only go up from here, folks, you know, <laughs> um, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, <laughs> so, um, trying to go do that. Um, Next year I'm looking to try to start doing some uh archery antelope. Um, because there's some good hunting uh West River archery antelope here in South Dakota.
2: How far away is West River from Sioux Falls?
3: <laughs> Depends on where you mean West River. Um, Sioux Falls to like the edge like to the actual river is about two hours.
2: Well, that's not horrible. I said that's a pretty decent drive.
3: Yeah. The place I'm going to on Sunday is gonna be about three-ish hours away. Um, it's a little bit more north. Um, ben coming with you? No, it's going to be just me solo.
2: All right. So e-scouting is going to be the biggest thing is looking mm-hmm. for for uh, food, and you're going to be looking for water and bedding. Nope.
3: Yep, that's why uh, whenever I get a chance while I'm at work, I'm scouting out on Onyx trying to figure out where I can go. Now, do um, you
2: pay for Onyx or do you just use some of the free features?
3: I, I I paid for Onyx for South Dakota because like there's like the you can buy like the one state or all 50 states. I just did the that's one state I of did. South Dakota.
2: I just bought Wisconsin. Now, you are you aware that you can go in, you can actually change uh, um, some of the filters on there for Carnivious yep. and also, the yeah, that's what I did. It's like i I. It, it really definitely opens your eyes up where you're going to find some big animals or mm-hmm. at least find some animals in general.
3: Yeah. So, um, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to try to do a, a solo, su- uh, um,
2: spot and stock, essentially
3: spot and stock. There you go. That's what I was trying to think of, but I couldn't say cause
2: it's been <laughs> a long day.
3: <laughs> um, so no, I, I've never really gone spot and stocking before. So it's going to be a, a big experience and a big
2: learning curve but lucky you we don't have that opportunity over here we have fence line to fence slide and that's pretty much it unless you have permission to go on the next one it just turns into a shitstorm. so you have to i the public land i do hunt on it's only like 80 acres but i have fence lines on both sides and i have biden supporters in the middle so it's like this fucking sucks
3: right like yeah no um now it's and actually I want to ask you a question here Jeff. Go for it. Um since you're primarily an archer hunter, do you feel like landowners re- react differently to arch asking permission for archery hunters as opposed to rifle hunters?
2: Oh 100%. The younger you're, you're going to find more more uh, flexibility with that than anybody else because as a landowner, you know, their longest shot's going to be 40 yards maximum. That's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's most ethical shooters will do unless you're, you've, you, you have practiced 120 yard shots consistently and you're putting in tight groupings. But when it comes into gun hunting, it's like, that's, that is a privilege that you have to either A, a earn or you have to know people or you work your way up to it. Like when I would go out door knocking for gun hunting, I would usually always start with, pest control like would it be raccoons, uh coyotes, mm-hmm. squirrels, chipmunks, stuff like that, or rabbits, stuff that 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 are nuisance to the landowner mm-hmm. and then use that as a way to hopefully get in their good gracious to allow me to to gun hunt for whitetail. But now since I've strictly been bow hunting, you're gonna find yourself a lot more leniency of doing that. It's like hey I'm mm-hmm. a bow hunter and it's like and they, they already know that you're only going to be out there for so little time. Like you're, you're going to be out there maybe more frequently than a gun hunter will. Cause the gun hunters depending on the state, like Wisconsin, we only, we have rifle season. We have a couple muzzle muzzleloader seasons and that's about it. But uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, archery there, we're our whole thing is to be less, less mm-hmm. obnoxious or anything like that. Cause with gun hunters, you're going to tend to have a, a group of people or a party hunting type scenario because you're going to try to maximize the time you do have,
3: right, right, and that's that's one thing that I was kind of just curious about because, you know, like I I got permission from my aunt who owns the property, but I still went around to all the neighbors around the property and just be like, you know, hey, my name is Trent. I got permission to be here. I'm an archery hunter. I'm just gonna be out here. If you see my car, just don't put, report it to the police because it's just me out hunting. And they're like, oh, you're an archery hunter? Yeah, cool, whatever, no big deal. They just don't like guns because, you know, they have dogs, they have cows, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the noise and the potential, potential for shooting beyond your limits. Whereas, you know, as an archer, you know, you can shoot 120 yards, but not much further than that, unless you're like Levi Morgan or like Joe Rogan pulling back his monster bow or whatever i think the um, only
2: one who really stretches the, the distance out that far it would be like a john dudley or a Kirk, mm. uh cameron haynes those guys consistently practice 120 yards but they'll never take a shot that far away oh yeah their, their whole idea is just like to, to sh- you usually want to shoot double the length you're used to, that you want to take an animal. So if you're shooting 120 yards, your maximum range is now 60. But that again, but that's still a long mm. ways for that arrow to travel, and they can right. move one step to the back, forward, twist to the right or left, and all of a sudden you got a bad shot on animal. That's why for me, yeah. I I cap it at 40 unless I can. Um, only way I'd, I'd stretch a sh- shot that far that like I I've been watching the animal and I've been paying attention to its habits to understand mm-hmm. like what it's going to be doing kind of pre- predictive in that, in that scenario. But my goal is to shoot them 20 or less. So this way that mm-hmm. I can see that I see a clear sight picture in my housing, in my peep site and just mm-hmm. drill that arrow home.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, what I'm actually hoping to do this, this upcoming year as well is I'm hoping to actually, um, upgrade my bow too. um, 'Cause uh February is when the bonuses come in at my job here. Um, and I'm hoping to get a new bow. Um haven't decided on a brand or anything yet. Um kind of leaning towards the Matthews uh, V three X, the uh what is it, the thirty-three axle to axle?
2: Oh, it's a smooth sewing bow. And by that time, the new bows are going to be out. Yeah. So you, you can go on those because, like, I tell people, like, if you want to get a nice bow, 2015 or newer, because it's like you can buy a nice white for mm-hmm. a really reasonable price. Uh, Expedition, you can buy elites, you can buy Matthews. Mm-hmm. But when you look from 2015 to today, they're, they're minute changes unless, uh, unless the o- Oma, Ombia, from the new the new elite that just came out, they're doing okay. micro adjustments for your let off. They're doing micro adjustments for your camming. It's it's mm. it is the creme de la creme when it comes down to hunting bows because they actually put a lot of technology into it, and mm. they actually put a lot of engineering behind it. Because like when you look at some of the new Hoyts and Matthews, they're only doing one or two tweaks. But now considering they also have a very large market share, and so they don't right. really have to do a lot because people are gonna people are diehard loyalists and they will shoot. I've Shots, let's see here. First bow was a Hoyt Okay. Second bow, I still own shoot it was my elite, which I brought out with the what out when I went out to Ben. Yep, then yep. I also have my expedition. So was and it's and so the reason why I shoot expedition is because I wanted a 34 axle axle, brand new bow, never been shot by anybody else, mm-hmm. and it still has a limited lifetime warranty on it. So so yeah. that's the best part about. It. And it's made out of Iowa. So it's like I'm an Iowa boy go. through and through. So I'm gonna support those guys. There Getting the pleasure to meet Kurt Hennington and a lot of the staff down there in Anthem Archery in Decora, mm-hmm. you know. I, And then plus I have my my friend uh, Tyson. It's like I want to give him money because it's like he's got a small shop, and I appreciate mm-hmm. his his uh, his uh, his redneck engineering when it comes down to when it, it comes down to bows and stuff like that and i he,
3: love redneck engineering man and it's he's the just a
2: really great guy and plus i i really enjoy his uh the company of him and his fiance they, like, they've like they been on my podcast i think three times this year alone four times oh, i believe wow. just because of how often our paths cross hmm. just because awesome. it's like they're they're there and uh kayla is there as an expedition field shooter and so she needs like Expedition has points. I apparently have a point system. I'm not a, I'm not a staffer, so I don't know fully about all that stuff, but that is one thing that you could always, um, as you, as you progress in your career, becoming a pro staff for somebody, is quite nice? I mean, that's why I have everybody. I have in my back there wall. You go. This is, this is 2015 and counting of all the energy I put into the outdoor world and promoting a good message. But everybody on this wall here is American made. Like he you got, go. well, except I think dangler case is probably made in the Pacific Rim, but VIP archery made in Texas. They don't, they, they, they did not suffer from the pandemic. They, they kept on rising and Matt, he came up with five new broadheads this year alone. He came out with a, a mm. patented revolutionary insert system. It's just the like key. Okay. So like when you'll see all these new um broadheads that come out from like, uh what is it? You got um, Dirt Nap. You have a Schwacker. You have G five. G five. Well, a lot of those companies are based out of the Pacific Rim, so it's mm-hmm. like I I want to support companies that are based in America. So it's they're tax stay in America. They're employ American employees and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's my whole like. It's it, America mm-hmm. is literally my name here. So it's like that's why I encourage people to no not I'm not knocking any of those brothers because they work. Right. I mean, I've, sh- yeah. I've shot my fair share of different ones, but I just primarily stick with them because I know Matt, I know Cindy and it's like their, their, their mission behind it. And he is a nuclear engineer that taught him how taught himself, how to do, uh, work with aerodynamics, like work within it and mm. learning how to learn the techniques about it. And he just taught self-taught, never went to school for it, nothing like that. He just figured it all out. And that's, awesome. uh, that's why I continue shooting them. And the bro- uh, the dough I shot, the, the The mechanical broadhead did not fail, so which is fantastic from it. And uh, mm-hmm. he is a guru when it comes down to it. And they test and they test and they test. And they have a global reach. They, I mean, they he has distributors in Spain and in England and France and uh, over there in Australia and in the uh, in the Czech region and stuff like that. Just because of they want accurate, high quality broadheads. Mm-hmm
3: yeah absolutely well and and one of the big reasons i i want to get a new bow is because my my nephew who he's 14 wants to get into archery and so i'm like you know what i want to upgrade my bow the matthews mission switch that i have is a great bow for him because oh yeah you know, he's I, he's 14 years old and he's almost as tall as i am like he is he is ridiculous, but the nice thing about the switch that I have is it's a very much a grow with you bow. So, I mean, you it, it has a very adjustable draw length. It has a lot of um, it, it has a lot of different poundages that you can switch between. I think it goes from like 70 to like 30 30, I think.
2: I thought one like less than that, but I'm not a percent I, sure, I, but...
3: I mean, it could be less than that, but I mean, like
2: now, have yep. you shot the V3X yet?
3: I have not yet.
2: So, this is what I tell anybody that's looking in the market to buy a new bow find some place that carries a lot of bows and shoot every single one of them mm-hmm. because every bow is going to have a different reaction in your hand. And if it, it, it mm-hmm. and certain nuances will throw you off where you're not going to like shooting it. So, that's why I, I, I always encourage people to shoot a Bowtech and a Matthews and a White because like, you oh, may yeah. find yourself that you thought you were going to buy this Hoyt and then you shoot it. It's like, I don't like how it likes to buck on me. I do. Or you shoot a bow tech and I don't like how all of the vibration is so centric and stuff like that. Cause some mm-hmm. people don't like using stabilizers because they want to go a very low profile when they're going back country or something like that. They want to yep. be less is more type scenario. Uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's I
3: have, I have, I have no loyalty to bow companies. You know, if, if I, if I shoot a Hoyt, if I shoot a bear, if I shoot a diamond, I don't care i will buy what fits me best my biggest thing is is you know when we move when my fiance graduates i don't know what shops are going to be available so if i go like because you know ben really likes his darton that he has mm-hmm. the problem is is not every shop knows how to work on a darton you know.
2: Dartons are far with- better than Elites. Elites have this weird mod system that is just yeah. dumb. But now they've they've imp- they've improved. Well, no, I think they still, even with the new ones, even the 20 the, the new flagship bows they have, they still have a mod system mm-hmm. where everybody else doesn't, like Whites, Matthews, Expedition, Bowtech. they don't have a mod system, so it's easier to tinker with. For for mm-hmm. and then for with Elite, you have to buy the mod, and that's anywhere between eighty to hundred bucks, depending on who the vendor is.
3: Right, right. And so it's it's because I can't... Like, I don't have all the stuff to have my own bow shop to where I can tinker it with myself. I need to make sure that I have a bow that is, like, more universally accepted and more people know how to work on it. And the, the only reason i understandable. You know, the only reason I'm thinking the V3X is just because everybody wants to be a Matthews dealer, right? You know, they and credit to where credits do Matthews do make some really good bows. I shoot a Matthews now. Um, but at, at the same token, I don't necessarily have that brand loyalty. So if I can find a bear or, you know, a darton or, you know, anything that's that I like better, as long as it's serviceable, I will absolutely go for it. Absolutely. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's kind of my story and, and where I'm at and what I'm looking for in the future here. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell here.
2: That's um, awesome. I, I'm really, I'm really impressed into like how you, that that inspires me that you, you, that you have taken to the sport to, so to heart and especially mm-hmm. when it comes down to helping with mental health and going through anguish and stuff like that and having the, the luxury of going to, to, uh, to Ben's house to go shoot. Because I, I tell Alicia, it's like, I'm going through camel Fire deals or HuntingGearDeals.com mm-hmm. And I'm seeing these really good deals on bags. Cause when we were out there that Friday, he was talking about like, he would like to get bags to to set underneath them or right behind him. So this way, when, when the arrow comes, comes up short, it'll it'll fall into a bag and it's like, can buy us for 35 bucks, but I'm not going to be able to shoot it because I live four hours away, five right. hours away. So it's like, it throws, right. a, cause it's like, if I live closer, if I lived in South Dakota or if I lived mm-hmm. in Iowa or Minnesota, like within an hour driving distance, Oh, I would be, it's like, Ben, you got a package coming for you. <laughs> you
3: know? <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, and And that's the nice thing too, is, is having him as a friend, he has this outdoor range and I don't know if your listeners know or not, but he has like an outdoor range where he has different 3d targets set up at different distances. And to me, that's so much more fun than shooting at bags. It's absolutely a thousand percent more fun than shooting at bags. Um, And so it's, it's a lot of fun and it's great being out there and, and, yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I, I do this sport to, you know, one, you know, help with my health, both mental and physical, you know, getting out there, getting on out the outdoors and exercising and, and cause I tell you what, that buck, he was heavy. Okay. He was <laughs> freaking heavy. All right. Um, <laughs> And like, you know, climbing up and down mountains, at mountain archery fast and, you know, spotting and stalking and you know getting out there and getting boots on the ground and and putting those miles in you know absolutely that's that's great and you know it's honestly it's just so enjoyable and so relaxing and it's just a lot of fun and I'm I'm glad that the archery community is so welcoming for the most part like you know yeah there are still going to be some some jerk wads but you're going to get that in every in every sport and every fandom that you're going to get at, there's always going to be some people that try to ruin it, but correct for the most part, the archery community has been very welcoming. You know, if I have any questions or if I go to an event and, you know, I feel embarrassed because I can only shoot 60 yards because that's the furthest my pin will go out because I have a fixed housing. I don't have a sliding, I don't have one of them fancy sliding housings that, you know, you can shoot out to 120 yards and have a pin, be reasonably accurate. You know, I don't have that. They're like, yeah, man, cool. Just move up a little bit. No big deal. You know, they're very welcoming and very understanding of like, you know, Hey, you're new to this. And it's, it's, it's a very welcoming community. And I, I, my, my biggest concern is, and maybe you don't want to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, what I've seen a lot on on my TikTok recently is um, compounds versus crossbows, you know, and how crossbows aren't real bows. And you know, and you know, my thing is is if you're getting out in the woods and you're getting out there and you're hunting, go out and do it. You know, don't let anybody else drag you down with it. You know, get out in the woods, you know, and and go out and have it and, and enjoy yourself. You know, not everybody can shoot a compound bow because shooting a compound bow is complicated and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of discipline. You know, Um, I wish more people would shoot compound bows as opposed to crossbows, especially if you're able-bodied, but you know what? If Ben were to start shooting his compound now with two kids and a third one on the way, there's no way that he could make the progress that I've made just because I don't have kids. I don't have to put in that time with my family. You know, I can put in the practice, you know, not everybody can do that. And I just, I hope we don't, I hope the archery community doesn't get so big to where we start tearing each other down just because of our preferences, you know? Um,
2: I completely understand that. I, I, I post a, a meme on my on my facebook page and i got mixed reviews on it because but it's just simply <laughs> just being a joke it was it was meant to be a joke because i don't care what people use as long as you get out there and we have certain mm-hmm. requirements like minnesota and iowa you have to be you have to have some physical ailment wisconsin it doesn't matter you can be any age. issue but oddly enough out of all the means of uh what's it like all the means of taking animals Mm -hmm. crossbows actually have the highest efficacy rate of being Mm -hmm. able to retrieve your animals, something like 38 or 42%. Even with rifles, they still don't have the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, I like that aspect of having that success rate for it. Mm -hmm. But like with Wisconsin's perspective on it was, is to get more hunters out in the wild out there into the, into the ground blind or the tree stand. Well, that it could be cum- the crossbows could be a little cumbersome up in the tree stands, but I, I anybody mm-hmm. that usually hunts out of a tree stand usually has some type of a rope system, so they're not right. They're, they're, they right. have the four points of, of contact when you're climbing up the ladders and such. But it is a very valuable tool. There, they become the the expense has co- has come down. There are don't get me wrong, there are some four thousand dollar crossbows. Oh but there yeah. are some really good ones right around that thousand dollar price point. Oh, and absolutely. the the factor that the anybody can get behind him and shoot you still got to practice with him you can still make mistakes
3: oh yeah absolutely and and I was actually watching on YouTube the other day Um, it's a YouTube video uh, seek one Um, I can't remember I think they're based out of like uh, Georgia like Atlanta Georgia area okay and they actually flew down a guy who he's been hunting his whole life he's like 60 some years old and a couple years ago, he was in a tree stand and he fell out of his tree stand Ooh. and broke his neck. So he's paralyzed. And he's just like, you know, they wanted to bring him on to do a podcast and to share his story and stuff. And they ended up taking out to a, they ended up taking him out to a blind and using a crossbow. And so they were able to put a, a, a trigger finger release on him. And they just tied some D loop material around the trigger of the, of the crossbow and hook that into the, into the, um, release there, and he was able to pull his arm back enough to where he could pull the trigger. First time in three or four years that he's been able to go out hunting and is able to do it because of crossbow. Mm-hmm. That, to me, speaks way more volumes than people on the internet screaming about, oh, you missed the buck because you're not shooting a Hoyt, you know? you know, <laughs> Just that, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, you know, I... I think the archery community is, is growing at a pretty, pretty good rate here. Um, And I just want to make sure that, you know, the archery community doesn't become so big that it becomes toxic to itself. Um, That's my, that's my concern here. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it's been, it's been a great journey so far and I'm, I'm glad I've gotten into it and I've, I've enjoyed it so much. And it's, it's really helped me out, you know, both mentally and physically. And, I'm hoping to do it for many years down the road, you know?
2: That's what I'm excited to hear, man. And getting out there and going to the gym and working out and doing some type of physical activity will help. But simply just walking is the Mm -hmm. best anything you can do for you, Like especially if you do like 75 hard. There's different types of uh, exercises for you. I got to meet uh, Jake from First Form at the the beast mm-hmm. archery games and he's just a swell mm-hmm. guy and i listen to him on a podcast over the weekend actually on my way back from my okoboji trip and i i'm probably i'm gonna probably deem him have my podcast just because he's just like he's a very well-rounded positive gentleman that c- that really can inspire guys like us to get off our fat asses and get something done but i've been working out man i when i go to the gym i will do a 5k every single time i go to the gym that's my, that's what yeah, i've been seeing on your inch
3: I can't. I can't remember if I've seen on your Instagram or your Facebook, but yeah, I've been well, seeing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. That's what I do. It's like, and I will do a 5K, and it's three point
3: two miles or whatever. Yeah, 2. exactly. 1.
2: Yeah, and I will. I will go uphill. I will. I will max the incline at 15. Well, at. at uh, Planet Fitness, the highest of the inclement goal is 50. I maxed that thing out. I tell you what, that has made a world of difference when you're going up and down the bluffs here. And like I was still winded when I was out there here a couple weeks ago, but nowhere where I was last year, where I was mm. just huffing and puffing. But that's the thing about getting and staying in shape and then getting, then having um, walking pneumonia for f- 13 days, 14 days. Mm. Man, that really, put me. I'm still dealing with some residuals from it, but not as bad as it once was because with walking pneumonia, you can develop a, a COPD because of how harsh it is to your lungs. And I I'm looking forward to getting back out to the gym, but also hitting the, hitting the bluffs and stuff like that. Cause I'm going to be hunting next week and I, I'm going to be bouncing around from different properties and hopefully be able to punch my buck tag. I'm not sure how big it will be. Cause I'm just going to be, uh, using uh public land. So just scouting yep. and, and, uh, East scouting and paying attention to onyx and figuring out where the food's at and figure out what water's at and trying to work the work everything mm-hmm. in between and just kind of play it because next week every morning is going to be high 20s low 30s and there's going to be bound to be something on its feet
3: oh yeah absolutely so how many tags do you got
2: i get four tags okay i have uh, i get uh one buck tag statewide and then i also have three doe tags that are that are uh they want to keep they're, they're limited i'm not sure if they're limited the county that you're that you point in for but that's just where where i know they i have consistent uh where i know there's deer at mm. essentially because it's like bluff country is known to hold big deer it's just trying to figure out where they're going to be at and stuff like that and when i was out uh Tracking my dough here a couple of weeks ago, I came across some big amount, large amounts of uh, scat, but I don't, I don't have a, a, I don't trust putting a trail cam out there on public land because mm, it, come yep. up, it could come up missing, and, and, it, and it's common here in Wisconsin, anywhere. Oh yeah. And I was was to walk to my stand. I knew there was. I came across a mock scrape, hadn't been touched in weeks, but mm-hmm. I look over, it's like, this looks too perfect. And it's mm-hmm. got to be a trail cam. And I look over and here's a rebel tactic cam one. It's like, I just kind of make a random gesture. And just keep walking <laughs> because it's like they're, they're a, they're $150 trail cam. So it's oh, like, I know, I, I, I it's know. It's like good for him for the person who wants to get out there and put it on there. Cause Deer are lazy, and it's like if you—if you're thinking about taking that trail, a deer's going to do the exact same thing, just because mm-hmm. they're looking for the ease of use. Because if something pops off, they want to be able to store that energy to run as fast as they can away from whatever's chasing them. Because I found mm-hmm. out that night when I was chasing that doe or, or tracking that doe, there's two packs of coyotes out there. So either way, that either that does are going to survive, or those coyotes ate like kings.
3: Yeah, no kidding. Oh man. Oh man,
2: but I tracked it for 400 yards. I mean, I mm. I between uh s- let's see here, Saturday night, we went back out there Sunday morning and, I, and it was started back where we left out Saturday and the next blood trail I saw was actually uphill, 70 some yards. I mean, I sent you screenshots of Onyx and showing you like where she mm. went. and it's just remarkable on how far she went. And then what we learned is that she never stopped running. She just kept running. If she would really? have really, yeah, if she would have bedded down, I think she may have expired. But we saw really good blood for the first 150 yards. Then yeah, she Yeah, I it. saw
3: it. Yeah, you shot. You you sent a picture of me on on Instagram. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't bleed out.
2: But it's one of those random places where I shot her. I shot her forward of the heart. But there's a there's a gray area in there that you can sneak an arrow through or a, or around through it, and they'll still survive.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Well, man. Trent, thank you for uh coming on the podcast. This was a very yeah. good conversation. I appreciate yeah, you coming thank you on. For, and-
3: thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. It, I had a great time. I don't know about you, but I had a great time. So <laughs> oh, I
2: did too. I'm looking forward to next year, man. Uh Ben was talking, we we're talking to Ben and Jeremy Fisher. He runs the Toxin app. And we were talking about like, well, when do we want to get together? Do we want to do attack? Do we want to do a, a Martin Archery fest? Like, what makes sense? Or like and trying to balance everything out because we're kind of I'm looking at uh, Ben's schedule more than anybody else because I don't i I have really good communication with my ex uh Jeremy's kids are all all up out of the house stuff like that so it's like trying to work within his means and working with Liz because three kids is a lot so oh, luckily, yeah, absolutely. between December and I think the next I think the first hJ shoot will probably be in May or they're gonna be doing something in Vortex in April, but that's I don't think Ben'll make a trip out for that. But uh, hopefully he'll be able to come.
3: That's in Minnesota, ain't it? So, Wisconsin.
2: Oh, it's in Wisconsin. Yes, Vortex is is home uh, is in Wisconsin. So, oh,
3: I thought I heard. I thought I heard it was in Minnesota. I don't know. I hard to keep track of all these different companies, man. Where they're all from?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Wisconsin is the mecca for everything. So We have uh, a tacticam is based out of Minnesota. That's in Caledonia, which is about thirty miles away. Then you have Nose Jammer, which is based out of Winona, and that's about. 30, 40 miles away. Then okay. we also have some predator camo, which is local. Then we also have uh, obviously HHA. We have uh A3 strings, which I'm actually talking to Brent mm-hmm. tonight about scheduling something for him because I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh some A3 strings on my expedition and kind of give go. it some flair. What else do we have here in uh Wisconsin too? We have, well obviously Matthews, which is thirty minutes away in Sparta, or no, twenty minutes away in Sparta. Oh, what else do we got here? Then also we have Decora, which has Expedition Archery. Uh, what is it? Um there used to be Ozone ozonics That that was based in Mason City, Iowa. So yeah, there's a there's a lot we, we live in Whitetail Heaven.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude.
2: All um, right, sir. Well, I'll let you go and you have yourself a yeah. great night.
3: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me on, Jeff. And I'll look forward to hearing from you soon. And hopefully we're gonna get the to shoot together again soon
2: exactly and then to, to close things off how can people find you on the interwebs uh i
3: am on both twitter and instagram at awkward underscore couch um yeah that's basically the i don't really go on facebook much at all so and that's more of like a, a personal facebook stuff so awkward underscore couch on both uh, twitter and instagram
2: there we go, folks. That's how you can go and go and find them. And as always, you can find Bucks for America podcast on all majors streaming sites and check out the YouTube channel. That's where this little episode will be there with uh, cut ads and all that fun stuff. So anyways, thank you again.